Welcome to the Permission Granted Podcast. Hi, I'm your host, Angel. Thank you for joining us today as we sit down with Mrs. Dorothy Butts Valentine, founder, director of Focus Group Solutions. Without further delay, let's get started. Well, good afternoon, guys. Since we've done our introduction, tell the world who you are and what you're about. Thank you, Angel. First of all, I want to say thank you for taking the time and and coming in to do this podcast with me because mental health is a very important topic in the community and it's very important to me. My name is Dorothy Butts Valentine. I'm the founder and CEO of Focus Group Solution, which was founded in 2009 in Fredericksburg, Virginia. Wonderful. So I'm going to skip around because I don't have the questions right in front of me. So for, for starters, what was so special about this particular area that you decided to branch off into as a fantastic entrepreneur and why this and why is it so important to you? Well, the reason I decided this area, the Fredericksburg-Stafford area, which is either Stafford County and some of Prince William County, is because as a transition in Marine of 21 years, I thought um, I faced my own obstacles in the community uh, when I was transitioning. And because of the job that I had in the Marine Corps as a, as a retention specialist, I helped plan the lives of, of service members and their families as they transitioned. So I decided to do this Um, in this particular community because I wanted to educate not only the Marines and their families, but I also wanted to educate the community about transitioning veterans. That piece, that transitioning veterans, is so near and dear to my heart because I, too, realized before I got out that I needed to do something to kind of ease that the time off on active duty and off active duty and while we do get a little bit of that peace it's kind of fire hosed mm-hmm. it's kind of like all at you at one time and you really don't know what your transition is going to be like until you're in it that's right um so our transition i like to look at it from a, it was very fragmented uh, there were pieces of resources, and, and we become really spoiled in the military because all of our resources sit under one roof. It's the mm-hmm. Family Services Resource Center. And if you're not knowledgeable about resources in the community, you'll find yourself being lost in the community, and the resources are not at your fingertips. And that is the beginning of those stressors. And those stressors then become larger stressors, and sometimes they can cause us to have depressive moods. And we transition into depression, unable to think like we were able to think in the military because that structure and framework that we were used to is now gone. Did you find that it was almost a situation where it was almost too much information and not feeling like, how does it relate to me? It's out there, but really understand my position coming off of active duty if you've not served or being a woman or being a spouse and you have a spouse that may not understand or um, just feel like why don't you just get over it or how come you're not bouncing back or maybe there's a challenge of even adjusting on their part Mm-hmm. So I, I didn't face those type of emotional transitions um, 
partly because I am educated in the field and yeah. not that I am able to um, counsel myself, but I am able to provide myself a level of self-care. That makes sense. But I did find myself um, introverting into a position of he doesn't understand because he, when he transitioned, he transitioned home to me who was still an active duty member. So he didn't tell me to get over it. He was very helpful and supportive, but I didn't feel that the support was enough because I was a trained Marine for 21 years leading troops, and I needed to uh, pick up you know, my drawstrings and, and keep moving, as we're often taught in the Marine Corps. You know, you're a fellow Marine yourself. I can so relate to it. I can so relate to that. And I really appreciate you sharing that, um, that piece because it's such a personal thing when we transition and there's so many layers of it so many layers and then you've got people they mean well um, but you're just not really fully connecting with what you may in particular may be going through and you've seen it with your friends I cannot tell you how many times I've seen my friends transition and I've learned little pieces okay I remember when one of my um, co-workers his wife came up to us we were still on active duty and she found out her husband was still coming and hanging with us instead of going to look for a job. And then one day he just burst into tears and he's like, you all were my friends. You are the only friends I've had. And now I'm supposed to do what? Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow, I, it's something that I just didn't foresee. And I didn't, I didn't necessarily have that issue when I transitioned but unexpected changes happen to me like I'm a grandmother when I wasn't planning on it and none of my friends were. Mm-hmm. They were still putting their kids through high school and here I am with an, not an infant, but she was a toddler. So that in and of itself was something unique that I hadn't seen that just threw a monkey wrench into the transition and then I lost my mom. Mm-hmm. So for me, it was cutting off one, like you said, cutting off one thing so I can handle the next thing and I'm still transitioning. So uh, I would have loved to have had what you provide Mm -hmm. to utilize for my own transition. So I really, again, this is such a personal uh, service that you provide that is is not going to only benefit us in the military, but at, at the community, for the community at large. And I get emotional thinking about it because it's just, um, it's just still so much that can be done and persons like yourself who selflessly get out here and, and offer this, it just makes you that much more special. Well, thank you. And when I started Focus, it didn't start off as a counseling agency. We were transitioning workshops and we were holding consultative groups to help families and veterans transition into the military, give them resources about information that they weren't familiar with. Mm -hmm. And that was really helpful to the transition in families. It was through those workshops and all the other things and programs that we were offering that we discovered there was a mental health piece that was missing because we were able to assess and diagnose, well, we weren't diagnosing because they weren't our clients, but we were able to assess the need for mental health service. And the reason that I like to say veterans, their families, and the greater community, because we all start off as a veteran Mm -hmm. once we have transitioned from the military. But then we transition into the community. Yes. 
And in order to be a part of the community, you have to understand the community. And the community has to understand you. Mm -hmm. So the services that we provide here are well beyond the stretch of your cookie cutter mental health counseling agency. We educate and bring community and veteran communities together so that they work effectively together so they can be supportive of each other. I absolutely love it. Do you have any uh, mentors or business business or entrepreneurs or fellow um, people who are out here doing what you do or doing things that may have inspired you to reach farther and, and dig a little deeper? And if so, please share. Yes. So my mentor is Diana Dresser Heckman, licensed clinical social worker. We're, we're friends. Uh, but Diana and I met while I was a contractor on the Marine Corps oh, base wow. when I started the Marine Corps uh, call center. Oh, my goodness. And so Diana was one of the um, um, the MFLACs, the Marine Family Life uh, yeah. counselors. Mm-hmm. She was one of the, she was the first on oh, wow. Quantico. And so she helped our call center representatives with the calls to that we were receiving from military members that were in distress, that were had suicidal ideations. And so we worked very closely in, in theater with that. After I left that position, we, we continued to be friends. Now, Diana's never served in the military. She is a part of the community. Yes. But our friendship and our professionalism and the love that we have for the profession of counseling, mm-hmm. we were able to collaborate so well together. We were uh, in, in concert of our thoughts and how we can provide the service. And so I looked up to her and said, I respect you as and your work just as much as I ever respected any one of my Marines. That's awesome. That is awesome. So when I came into the community as a veteran, I thought, you know, we're going to mix the bowl. We're just not going to service veterans and their families. Mm-hmm. The veterans and the families, they live in the community. So we it's only fair that we provide services to everyone because everyone's mental health is important. Now, one of the things you said um, off off of the uh, the podcast was that you restarted the business. I did. Can you share a little bit about that journey and what motivated you to reboot and expand? Yes. So in 2009, as, as I mentioned, I, that's when I founded the company. And then I took a government job. And um, nothing against <laughs> the government. It is a very unique uh, way to be employed, but it, it was not for me. Mm-hmm. And so throughout my journey, I never left focus, but I did uh, only participate part-time. There were others in position okay. to run the organization. So when I became full-time uh, two years ago, 2017, I decided to leave my government job and come back full-time as the executive mm-hmm. director. So when I did that, I, I held a rebranding ceremony um, April the 19th. 2019 and the rebranding was that uh, here's focus new and renewed with new services but also we had a special little announcement to make and the other announcement was that we have also started a nonprofit arm which is the National Consortium for Mental Health Counselors and we are going to educate the next generation of counselors of it when you had the ceremony 
can you walk us through what it felt like? And I'm so sorry I missed it. I had every intention of being there. (laughs) Walk us through because I want to. It was an out of body experience. I have to tell you that Mm. I was very um, elated to be uh, welcomed into the community. I had over 60 guests that came from uh, the military, the the community, the. the Stafford um, Commerce Office. I, I just had so much support. And so we had, of course, our table of, of coffee mugs and stress balls and pens and pencils. But we also had the love and support of my family that was there and my Marine sisters. And I know you had something else to do, but you were definitely on my guest list. And so the support I that I had was amazing. I still sit back here in this office and I think about that day and I say, oh my goodness, if I could relive that day over and over because this wasn't a day about me. And I know that you're talking to me as the founder and the owner, but I don't do the work. The work is done by the licensed professional counselors that I bring into the practice. Mm -hmm. And although I hold a double master's in uh, clinical mental health counseling and marriage and family therapy, they are doing the work. And But I have created a structure and a framework to work from. And that structure and framework is my vision. And that's the vision that they carry out every day through, throughout their work. So currently we have seven counselors on deck. Fantastic. Fantastic. And we are able to open the, the office in the evening because we have just recently hired one, a, a former first responder. He was a deputy. And so now I'm not only offering a service, I'm creating jobs. I love it. And so for that, to me, that's like the whole package. It really is. part of the mental health. It really is. Because what stresses us most when we don't have a job? Absolutely. Absolutely. When we can't pay our bills. Yes. When we can't do something special for the grandbaby. But a family. Because we're Mm -hmm. not available um, financially. That's so true. And sometimes when we're not available financially, we're not emotionally available. That's true. You check out. You just check out. You check out. So I, I just think that, you know, it, this is my purpose. Um, this is, I'm doing his work. I'm doing God's work, in my opinion. And I do Thank hope you. that every day my slogan is um, changing lives one at a time. One at a time. Just one at a time. So I wasn't there physically, but I had the beautiful experience of watching the feed. Okay, and one of the most, the sweetest parts of the, the ceremony was when you thanked your husband and your children. And oh, get emotional thinking about it because you spoke of how he was your sounding board mm-hmm. and your support, giving you your the wind beneath your wings, like you got this, let's go. And so it was a it was a family thing, yeah. and you had them all there, and just their faces, the smiles, and the the pride and. It it leapt through the lens for me, and I was so happy to see that because behind every entrepreneur or someone who steps out there mm-hmm. to do this, you have that whole tribe of butterflies that that flutter behind you telling Absolutely. you, you can do it, you can do it, you can do it. So this wonderful support that this organization has given to the community is shared not only with the clients, but you too, along with your family. And that is just such a beautiful and inspiring thing to to see. So I don't want to turn in it, turn the interview into me, but I look at you and I go, she's doing it. 
She's doing it. She's doing and it. And if you're feeling that way, <laughs> then I am doing exactly what I'm supposed to be doing. Yes. So That's when so you asked me to interview today, I, I just felt really special that you would come and ask me to do this interview. And my support system is my family, but my Marine sisters are part of that family as you are. Absolutely, absolutely. So the support that you give Thank me you. and the inspiration that I guess I'm giving to you, you is making me know that what I'm doing is the right thing. Yes, and that, it's it's an honor to, to be here with you and see this simply because it's not easy. It's... It, it may look easy to people on the outside, mm-hmm. but it's not easy, especially when you've got your own little, I'm sure I'm doing the right thing. That's right. Am I right. crazy to be doing this? That's Am I taking right. on too much? And then... Because you give up so much. You, you give up, like, you sacrifice so much, like you said, and it's, mm-hmm. you question, like, mm. But then I see your opening day, and I'm like, this is this is what it's about. This is for my young one in there when she's tired of looking at me for what to do with herself. She has so many examples of, of women who, who are out here living their dream, their passion, mm-hmm. and they're not settling. No. And they're answering the call. That's because right. sometimes that call is one that you may not have planned on answering. That's right. It finds you. That's right. And so, again, I can't reiterate how inspirational it was. And in talking about being a businesswoman and an entrepreneur, can you share some challenges you may have had? Sure. So the challenges are real when you're trying to start a business. You have to be very well-read and you have to be Mm well-researched. And when you are defining your business platform, you want to make it a little exceptional that people would want to come to focus Mm -hmm. instead of the private practice down the hall Mm -hmm. or down the street. Mm -hmm. Um, You want to make it appealing and welcoming. So when I first began, that was some of the challenges that Mm -hmm. I had. The other challenge that I had, I will tell you, this is why I started the consortium, is as I was on the track of gaining 3,600 hours, because that's how many hours are required before you can even be considered eligible to take your exam. You have to provide 3,600 hours, which takes approximately three years. Wow. To get all of your hours to send to the board before they would even consider you for a license. Wow. That was a very complicated, convoluted process. Wow. So... Because I was not, I didn't have the resources at my hand as I was used to in the Marine Corps. Someone handing me a resource and saying, this is what you do. This is how you carry out the process. So that was a challenge. It was an obstacle. So I developed the National Consortium of Mental Health Counselors because of that reason. Because every graduate that we accept in our program, and there's a very tough interview process to even be selected to work here um, and to be trained by our licensed folks, Um, they will have a roadmap of what steps to take so they are not bewildered or left out in the community figuring out how to become a licensed professional. And God knows mental health is becoming an epidemic. Yes. It is my mission to develop as many new next-generation mental health counselors properly trained under the KCREP accreditation to make sure that we are putting the access to care in the communities where it's needed. Beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. And you, you touched on something that's near and dear to my heart. 
that lack of a blueprint. Mm-hmm. You have a vision in your mind and coming from a military environment, you're used to having the op order, the blueprint, right. the resource list. And my first part of my business was being a professional life coach. There were none in this area who were Marines, who were female, mm-hmm. who could speak to the unique challenges that I was having in the workplace. I mean, I discovered that people are scared of us. Like, there's a real fear. Like, oh, you are their their whole body changes when you when they try to guess what branch of the military that you retired out of. And then when you say you're retired, it, it sometimes goes a little left. And so um, that was one of the reasons that inspired me to become a life coach because I couldn't find one that really had the criteria that I felt that I would connect with. Mm-hmm. So now that we've talked about the challenges, tell us one of or some, share as many as you want, the victories, the, the joys, the blessings, whatever you want to call it, that go along with what you do and how you do what you do. So I just realized that, well, not just today, but, you know, hard work pays off. And I have committed countless evenings writing policies for the organization, uh, getting um, my professionals credentialed, getting my name out there, but mainly earning the trust of the community. Because that's not a given. Just because no, you create or develop a it's business true. doesn't mean that people will come. You know, in the Bible it says, if you build it, they will come. But I believe if you build it with good morals and values, then they will come. Good foundation. And so I, the wins for me is each time that I greet, because I typically will get myself up out of this office and go greet the new clients. I fix them a cup of coffee. Make them feel at home. I make them feel at home. I share with them who I am, not an attempt to intimidate, but to say, I'm the founder and CEO, and I was really meshed in what I was doing in my office, but you're just that special to me that I could come out of my office. It's all about you. And greet you, mm-hmm. because this service is all about you. This is about Such what we thing. can provide to you. And so now when I see them out and about, and you know, here in the building, they'll, hi, Miss Valentine, and that, that it gives me a warm feeling because they're not afraid, as you mentioned mm-hmm. um, earlier, about how, it, how we can intimidate without even trying to be intimidating. Yeah, you're thinking you're being okay, and they're, like, scared. Exactly. So <laughs> to see them, greet them, and, and typically in public, I don't greet any client for their own privacy and their mm-hmm. yeah, fright to, mm-hmm. to make sure that I don't violate any HIPAA violations. Yeah. Um, but if they come to me and say, hi, Miss Valentine, I'll say, how are things going? How you doing? What do you find in the shop for in today? Did you find any good buys? And, you know, just leave it as, as normal as I possibly can. It's so important when you when you have such an inter, intimate relationship mm-hmm. like that, to, that everybody feels comfortable. Yes. Uh, we talked a little bit about your vision. Are there any other parts of your vision that you would like to share to, to give us an idea of what which may be on the horizon for the organization? Yeah, I think, uh, so uh, what I think you should all be looking for in the future, I don't know how near the future, but this will actually be, um, we'll see a university, but we will credential to educate postgraduates and provide certifications in different areas because mental health is ever-changing. The concerns, the issues, the challenges that we face, it's humanistic. Mm -hmm. We're all different. 
Yeah. So our mental health challenges, our illnesses will look different. There will be a foundational, um, what we call um, etiology of the science or etiology of the issues that mm -hmm. we're facing mentally. Um, but sometimes that etiology is altered by our personalities True. or environment mm -hmm. contributes. Absolutely. So we have to stay abreast of those changes in the community by educating the next generation of mental health providers. And they're getting younger and younger because our next generation of youth, they're getting smarter and smarter. Yes, yes, they are so aware. So they're aware. accomplishing goals that we accomplished at maybe 30 and 35. They're accomplishing at 20, 25. They're knocking it out of the park. They are, and that's great to see, but sometimes that maturation process is important to go through at a slower pace. Yes. And sometimes they get ahead of themselves. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And when they get ahead of themselves, then they are not compatible in their peer group. That's true. And that's then true. they become ostracized mm -hmm. from their peer group. And then that's when a little bit of that depression starts to slip in. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it sounds, like, it, it sounds like you've got just wonderful, wonderful self-care. Because self-care is a huge, huge thing um, for me in my age group. But also the self-awareness of self-care is getting very young. These young people are very, very aware of, wait a minute, that's not a good fit for me. They're not willing to stay at a job for 30 years like mm -hmm. mom and dad. My son's one of them. He, he, it didn't take him long to, to know what really worked and what didn't work for him. And maybe he needs to get a little seasoning under his belt and maybe go back to it, which I really think he will do because he still kind of does it. He has mentees that are now business owners and knocking it out the park out on the West Coast. And he loves being the big brother because he's the only child. He has a half-brother, and so I really totally agree with you. These young folks, are they are way more advanced when it comes to accomplishments, mm -hmm. but like you said, that seasoning, that um, the ripening of maturation and going through ups and downs really gives them a foundation to deal with things, and sometimes when they're going so fast, they may be ill-equipped mm -hmm. to, to, to handle it, and so it's so important. I just, I'm just so excited to see where this is going to go, and... I just can't thank you enough for sharing that. The, the one of the things I wanted to ask you, I know we do like surveys and stuff like that. Tell us some of the things that your clients, and I know because of the business, you really can't get too personal. Mm -hmm. Well, some of the things that you've heard that, that are feedback related about the services that they've gotten or the interaction or just the experiences here. Maybe a past client has come back from before and, and share with you what's been going on with them and how has that affected your, your whole vision? Well, it's very impactful because we are providing a service to a person. And what we may see as being the most efficient approach, mm -hmm. they may not feel is the most efficient approach. And so we listen to our clients. And so some of the feedback we've gotten back, the main thing I hear all the time is they get us. They get us. And that usually comes from my veterans. They get us. Why? Because I'm a veteran. One of my clinicians is a veteran. Another one is a first responder or the spouse of a veteran. Or, as I mentioned, my, my, my mentor, Diana, who's worked with veterans for over 15 years. So that's one of the things we get is they get us. The other thing that we've gotten, which we, we kind of chuckle at because we, we actually enjoy hearing it, is they're so friendly. 
you know, they paint this picture of a counselor in their mind, you know, the apprehension. And we haven't touched on that yet, but I hope we plan to touch on the the cultural piece of, of well, counseling please, please share. and why yeah, please certain share cultures that. they just don't seek counseling because of the cultural beliefs. Mm -hmm. So we get feedback from several different cultures because we have a, a, a very diverse group of clients, and they come back and they say, "Oh, they were so friendly." And I, and I always ask, when I, get that question, when I get that statement of, Dorothy, your staff is so friendly, I say, well, tell me, what, <laughs> what did you think a counselor looked like? Were we supposed to be six feet tall, hairy, and, and, and aggressive? And they say, well, I don't know what to expect, because growing up, my mom and dad would say, what happens in the home stays in the home. Oh. Or in certain religions, you might have... You know, it's 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 not of our beliefs that we take our intimate feelings outside of the home or beyond our Christian beliefs. So that's I try to help to break down those barriers and yes. and those obstacles because that is a little of what we're seeing that contributes. Yes, that the, stigma. It, it, this the stigma. stigma. And this is this it. is something that drove me to reach out to you. Um, uh, to, to talk about that stigma. How important has it been for you to, to, to not necessarily ease or erase the stigma, but kind of meet it? Or, or how do you deal with your clients who, who may still have that, that stigma of talking to someone and, and, and coming to you, open up and, and share what may be going on with them, and, and now they can move forward with you and just you know not to direct you but please share uh just the challenges or not with dealing with the stigma surrounding mental health and, and getting self-care and, and and getting help so we have to ease ourselves into that because mm -hmm. we have to develop the therapeutic relationship going mm -hmm. into the session and it's usually if, if i'm personally seeing a client it's usually not until about third session okay. that i might even say you know when they say you don't get it you don't know what a deployment looks like. You don't know what it looks like to leave your family. You don't know what it looks like to come back to a family that used to be a part of that you feel like you don't fit in anymore. Mm -hmm. And when I share with them a little self-disclosure and I say, I do understand. I understand that I had to leave my youngest child for three months when he was only six months old to receive the military training that I needed to advance in the military. That's hard. And I understand what reintegration looks like when you're standing outside of the circle of your nucleus family and now dad's in charge mm. or dad is assuming the role that you used to assume or grandma that was called to help is now sitting in your presumed role. Mm -hmm. That is huge. huge. That is huge. And it's very, um, um, for, for a lot of people, it, it's really, um, it's almost deafening. The, it, it, the emotional standpoint, it's definite, it, it's numbing because you feel I'm having an out-of-body experience. I'm sitting here looking at my family that I no longer fit into. That's deep. So when it's the stigma deep. comes here and they sit there and tell me, and when I give that self-disclosure, I could see the air leaving their bodies, literally. Wow. Their shoulders go from under their ears back down to normal position. They sit back in my chair, they take a deep breath, and they say, you get me. You get it. They feel safe. Now they feel safe. Now they feel safe. And for the spouse that comes in and says, you don't understand, you're in active duty. I 
said, I'm so glad you shared that with me because I've been in both roles. My husband was also active duty. Mm -hmm. And so when I wasn't out forward deployed and he was gone, I was the spouse. So my roles were very interchangeable. Yeah, so I do understand it from right. all perspectives. So I meet the stigma where it is. I ease into it to kind of earn the trust of the right, client. Right. But once we recognize there is a stigma, I will tell them sometimes, hey, nice to see you again. Before you come in, leave the stigma at the door. Oh, wow. It's that, not welcome here. Not welcome here. Because there's no stigma here. That's right. That's right. It is so important that we continue conversations like this and people feel safe so they can unload. Years ago, I don't know if you remember the song by Erica Badu called Bag Lady. Oh, of course. That became like my anthem mm -hmm. to just really do a self-assessment and start unbagging mm -hmm. because it, it gets so heavy. Mm -hmm. and, and if you don't feel like you have anyone who you can talk to who gets it, you know, it's one thing to talk to people, but it's another to talk to someone who you feel who gets it. That's right. And so um, that's a gift. Everybody doesn't have, they can go to school, they can have the same education you have, but it's something about you, I think, that really, really helps bridge that gap. Like, if I didn't know you served in the Marine Corps, you had stigma that, that I have been hit with, I wouldn't have thought that you were ever in the Marine Corps because you're so friendly. It's like I very rare. I think I would be so upset if I saw you upset because I can't remember a time I've not seen you smiling. It's like your eyes smile, like your whole body smiles. Thank you. And, and it emanates, and that is a gift. That is something I think that just comes from the universe, from the man above. It's a gift, and uh, when you say you feel like this is your oh, is. your mission, I feel that, and I'm sure the clients feel it too. I think they do. I, I have to tell you, um, when I wake up every morning, there's no rush to get here because you know the staff is trained, they're equipped, yeah. everything's running, mm -hmm. you know, but I have this urgency to get to my chair and sit down, greet my staff, greet my clients. And if I'm not doing that on the weekends, I'm writing about this place on what I'm going to do and how I'm going to expand the services. I truly feel blessed to have somewhere to go to every day because some of us, we're not living our dream. Mm -hmm. So it's a blessing. I, I do feel that uh, God has showed me favor by allowing me to live out my dream. But really, it's never really ever been, and it's still not about me. Focus is not about me. Focus is about focus. And focus stands for Family Outreach Community Uniform Services. Yes. That's what it stands for. Yes. This service is not for me. This is just a vision I had by an observation that I made, and I continue to grow the business to meet the client where they are. That's it, that's it in a nutshell. I can tell you that's absolutely beautiful work and I am, again, just, I feel blessed as being here. Can you share about any upcoming events you may have going on or anything we can kind of help you with? So 
Great. Thank you for that question. You're welcome. We are in the middle of planning our suicide prevention walk. That's in May of 2020. Well, you know I am all over that. Yes, and so we're looking for volunteers. Uh, sign me up. Great, great. Sign me up. And the, 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 the true meaning um, behind the suicide prevention is just not about those who have lost someone to suicide, but the millions of people per day that contemplate suicide yes. is unbelievable. It really is. And you know this is a very personal yes. subject for me. And, I mean, it doesn't have a face. It doesn't. It doesn't have a face. and, and It doesn't this, have an age. It doesn't have an age. It doesn't have a gender. It doesn't have a socioeconomic status. It does not. And it's, uh, we have, I feel like we, the collective we, the world, we have to be the Dorothy's of the world and have the conversation and get out there and do something. That's right. So what's the date again? Don't know the exact day, but May. it's May 2020, 2020 because May is Suicide Prevention Month. Month. So we will hold that here in Stafford. Fantastic. And we are going to um, announce it formally yes. um, on 93.3. WFLS yes. asked me to come back yes. and announce it formally. But also, um, the other thing I want to say about suicide is that um, suicide is not unique to uh, a socioeconomic group, Mm-mm. gender, as you mentioned, nope. a race. Nope. It, and when we think about suicide, because that's the end, there, there's no coming back from suicide. So I never, ever have a problem asking a client, are you contemplating suicide? I don't say, are you planning to hurt yourself? Right. You go right to it. Because that very word, that direct statement, are you contemplating suicide? It meets it where it's at. It meets the client where they are, and sometimes it can save their life. Because if they say yes, either with a nonverbal or a verbal, then you can address the underliers that's causing that feeling or that desire to end their life. It gives them a game plan. It gives them an outlet. It's so important. It lets them know someone cared enough to To ask ask. the question. Yes, yes. I've been told that by clients. That is so, I don't have a word for it. I just feel like it's such a lifeline for someone who may have been contemplating that and now they know again it gets back to they're safe they can mm-hmm. get it out that's right and it's 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 beautiful it's painful but so necessary mm-hmm. and uh, i'm kind of speechless with the all of the emotions that i feel behind it because it's such a personal issue mm-hmm. so thank you for sharing that you said the 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 suicide prevention walk. Do you do anything over the holidays? Are you having like anything where volunteers can come in and help you maybe decorate or whatever? You know anything like we that? We haven't in the past, um, and we haven't thought of anything for this coming holiday because we're really focused on the suicide prevention mm-hmm. walk, yes. and we're so um, involved in developing the consortium. Mm-hmm. So we haven't um, thought of anything. But the volunteers that we do need is for the suicide prevention. We definitely need that. And I will also note, we just started 
So we have groups every Thursday from 5 to 7 here at the location, 800 Corporate okay. Drive, okay. Suite 301. And the groups are not just for veterans. Okay. Veterans, their family members in the greater community. Because believe me when I tell you, if you've ever attended a group, it is just watching miracle work, how the group process takes over. Wow. And the facilitator thing. is really just facilitating and keeping things within uh, motion. Mm -hmm. But the group attendees typically are running the group wow. with their issues and their concerns. So self-directed. Very self-directed. It's a beautiful oh, thing to watch. Fantastic. It's a beautiful thing. From me to you and those who may be listening to this, what can we do to help ease this stigma of self-care, mental health, and being okay with seeking help when you know that you need it? That's a great question. And I'll, and I'll say it very short and, and quick and to the point. Your day today, my day tomorrow. What does that mean? You may be in pain or stricken with depression, stress, post-traumatic stress disorder. That's where you are today. Me as the friend, the member of the community, understanding that, embracing that, being educated about that can help provide you resource. In turn, you might do that for me tomorrow. Think about that. Yeah. I absolutely can relate to that. And it sounds so simple, but that's one of the things that I still feel like we got to work on and get better at. Absolutely. Because I, I have found that some, even people you've known for decades, if they see you in a particular light, they cannot necessarily handle seeing you when you may be broken or going through something mm -hmm. and they withdraw. Mm -hmm. So you saying that really hits, that's why I kind of, it, it was, it's an aha moment for me because it's so true because some people just sometimes can't handle their friends being in pain when that friend was always the one that they went to. Sure. And so making it okay for them mm -hmm. to act sometimes may be the difference sure. between someone seeking help or not. We have to learn how to personalize and not depersonalize. Yeah. So we're always depersonalizing. Oh, not me. I have two masters. I'm working on a doctorate. I own a business. Yes. Or someone who might be a millionaire or very popular or what have you. Yep. The so depersonalization true. of, oh, that's not my social status. It's them. It's that's what's them. happening to them. But it was my stepmom we were talking about three months ago. Mm -hmm. We were talking just about family in general. And, you know, I was having a conversation about something that happened in the family. And she says, sweetie, your day today, my day tomorrow. Oh, and so that deep. reigns so true so because true. she meant it for as simplistic as she did. But, of course, my intellect did it. Right. And then I personalized it. And that just... Your day today. It, it really took the wind out wow. of my like You saw me. I literally sat yes. back when you just said yes. that. Yes, because it's true. It's so true. We all go through. We're yes. it's humanistic. You're humans. We're humans. We're not these perfect beings. No. And it's okay. And it is okay. It is okay. It's absolutely okay. When I share um, my my 
passion behind mental health. My mother battled mental health issues, being misdiagnosed my entire life. Mm -hmm. Um, I actually was with her in the doctor's office because she's like, tell my doctor what you just, you told me. She didn't know that my brother and I can take the pulse of how the evening was going to go based off of what personality walked in the door. We had names. And it's almost like that red star cluster. If she came in looking a certain way, I'm calling my grandmother, and I'm the youngest, and I would grab him, we're out. Or we have to be there for her because she had her peaks and valleys. She mm-hmm. was, they called it manic depression, then it got reclassified as bipolar. Mm-hmm. She was misdiagnosed as schizophrenic. Mm-hmm. So this is something I've had to deal with my whole life. And I actually took a lot of psychology classes to understand her. Yes. And so when I say it's a really deeply personal issue, it is because my mother was brilliant. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. She was brilliant. She was. she was brilliant. But when you have these challenges that... Mental illness does not remove your intellect. intellect. It does not. It definitely... It might she challenge was, it, but it doesn't remove she it. It's definitely that. She was brilliant. But because... She had her challenges. She didn't believe it. Sure. She would look at us like we're crazy when we tell her how, because she was smarter than she thought she was. She's mm-hmm. brilliant, but she was, and she couldn't really convey to us what she was always going through. Mm-hmm. But I can I can empathize with her her struggle and try to to be there for her as much as possible, and in doing so too, still trying to continue to learn and. And, and understand how I can best help her and myself because it's, you know, it's an ever-changing thing. Sure. And so continuing these kinds of conversations mm-hmm. that you and I are having, I think is, is the biggest step of them all. So I cannot, again, thank you enough. My mother would have loved something like this. Mm-hmm. You know, um, this is really truly the earth, God's work. And um, in closing, again, thank you very much. Before we let you go, we've got to find out how can we find you, support you, retweet you, <laughs> all of that good stuff. So so when you retweet me, you can uh, focus group solutions. It's all together. Pound sign, focus group solutions. Pound sign, continue the conversation. Pound sign, no stigma. Yes. Pound sign, focus, no stigma. And you yes. can find us at www.focusva1.com. Again, that's www.focusva1.com va1.com thank you angel for having me so much for sitting down with me and now those you're listening yes we're going to go ahead and give each other a big old hug (laughs) i am um, happy that you all are tuning into us and remember no stigma hashtag we're all in this together thank you for listening well my loves this concludes our episode did anything resonate with you If so, go ahead and drop us a comment below and like and share with your friends. Together, we all can help ease the stigma of mental health. More hands, lighten the load. Be sure to hop on over to www.angelchestnut.com forward slash blog where you will find links to the podcast, my latest blog posts, and you can go ahead and sign up for our newsletter. Thank you for listening.